0: off your device. That's soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M and let accountability be your guide. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Addicted Mind podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterlund. I'm your host and we are on to the next episode. My guest today is Meredith Lockoff. She's going to talk about her story of quitting smoking and using cold laser therapy to do that and how after her experience in doing that, she went on to buy the business from the lady who helped her to bring this to other people who were struggling with addictions and struggling with smoking and her experience in doing cold laser therapy to help people who are struggling with addiction. Now, I have never heard about cold laser therapy before, so this was completely new to me, but it was really, really interesting to have Meredith share her experience and her passion for helping others who are struggling with addiction and how she's been able to take this and really help a lot of people who are struggling, find some relief and change their lives. She's extremely passionate about that. And that's very, very exciting. If you're enjoying the Addicted Mind Podcast, you're getting a lot out of it, please rate and review us on iTunes. That really just help the podcast get found. I do read them, they mean a lot to me. So thank you all who have taken the time to do that. I really appreciate it. It's really meaningful to me to be able to see that the Addicted Mind Podcast is having such an impact on so many people. And click the subscribe button as well. All right, everyone. Stay tuned for this episode. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Addicted Mind. My guest today is Meredy Lockoff, and we're going to talk about something I don't know a lot about, but it's cold laser therapy. So, Meredy, you're going to have to jump in and and explain this <laughs> and and talk about it because. I, I don't know a lot about this, and so that's one of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast as well, is to talk about it, because there's all these new treatments for addiction that we're learning about and that are coming about and that are effective and give a to a lot of people. So, yes. Meredy, why don't you introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about you and, and we'll get going.
1: Okay, so I'm Meredy, and I am the founder of Laser Quit. We currently have nine locations across British Columbia and Alberta. The way I ended up in this entire situation is actually because I was a smoker who had tried everything out there to quit and, of course, had no luck.
0: Yeah, it's hard. I'm an ex smoker too. So I smoked in my teenage years and it took me forever. Just commit
1: to the quit is the thing oh
0: my gosh it took forever
1: (laughs) and so for me the way this started was i had i had been on all the pills all the gums all the patches you name it i had tried it and nothing was working for me long term and at some point i posted on my facebook and was like you guys i'm so desperate to quit does anybody have a solution and one of my friends commented on it and said hey you should try this cold laser therapy and i was like what the heck is that And so I did some research, I found a place that did it, it was about four hours from my home. And I didn't care, I was ready to just go get it done. I drove the four hours and I showed up at this lady's house. And she was like, okay, you're going to sit in this chair, I'm going to give you a treatment and then you're not going to smoke anymore. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that sounds right. Yeah,
0: you're like, right, sure. That sounds wonderful. I won't do that.
1: And so I sat in this chair, she gave me this, what she called a treatment. I kind of just sat there and was like, I don't see anything happening. What is even going on right now? And then all of a sudden, I realized, like, I was like, okay, so now what? And she was like, well, now you don't smoke. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's easier said than done. If that was the case, I just wouldn't be a smoker. And I had to then get in my car and drive the four hours back to my house. Now, for a smoker, that's one of our biggest triggers because of boredom. It's not because of the driving, it's because you're bored when you're driving. And so I had to get in my car and now drive home for four hours. And I got in my car. I started driving home and I had a a boyfriend at the time with me. And after about two hours, he was like, can you do me a favor? And I was like, what? He's like, stop. And I was like, stop what? And he's like, you keep rolling down your window and then patting the center console. And I was like, oh, weird. Because my habit was roll down the window, pat the center console to reach for my cigarettes and then light a cigarette. And... As he said it, he's like, "Is there at some point, are you going to quit smoking? And I looked at him and I was like, you want to hear something really weird? And he's like, what's that? I'm like, not once have I actually had the thought that I want a cigarette. And he said, well, I know. And I said, no, for real. Like you brought it up and now I'm thinking about it. And I haven't thought about it in the last two hours. And he's like, but you have because you've done the things. And I was like, I haven't thought about it consciously once, which means that my habits were very still there reaching for the window to roll it down and then reaching for the cigarettes. It was after that, that I started to like really question what the heck is happening here. And I got home with no cigarette four hours in a car and I didn't have a cigarette, nor did I even want a cigarette, which was the part that was really blowing my mind.
0: Which is also, I just want to say like, you know, just to add to this a little bit, like you, you know, your willingness to drive four hours (laughs) (laughs) to quit this habit, right? Like it shows you how powerful addiction
1: is. I'm going to say it wasn't willingness. It was desperateness. It definitely was out of desperation. Yes. I just wanted to stop because I knew I was killing myself. It didn't make me feel good to be a smoker. And the guy I was dating wasn't a smoker. And I remember how gross that was, that smell of somebody who had just had a cigarette. So I wasn't quitting for him, but it was helping me have the motivation to quit. So for me, that, that four hours was just... A little piece of what I needed to do to get this journey completed. I had no idea that that four hours would lead to the next thirteen years of my life. Actually, I guess eighteen years of my life and the changes I would make within it.
0: And I just want to ask a question about: so you you're driving home, which as from an ex-smoker, those habits are so part of the process. You know, there were certain places and times where yes. when this is quite a long time ago now, but where <laughs> you would have a cigarette and it was just kind of like ritualized. It was like, yes. you just did it and it just happened. So you had the ritual still there, but then the desire or the consciousness of it was not there.
1: Gone. 100% gone. It was the strangest experience i had ever had in my life. I have to tell you that right off the bat. Especially because there was just no thought. Now, when I've tried the patch, that left me with like blisters on my arm. And it didn't fix the problem for me. I did the pills, both of them. Zyban worked for me for a short period of time. But I found that what I was what I call a downwind smoker at that point. So I was still so jealous that everybody else got to smoke that I'd be like, you're gross, but I really want to have that. I right. then started to like I saw that like I'm so desperate to smoke again that of course the first opportunity I had to smoke again I did. And it was a stressful situation, which is the reason most of us will start again. A stressful situation came and I was like, give me a cigarette. Now, I had this treatment. I got home and I was mind blown. I hadn't had a cigarette in four hours. I wasn't thinking about a cigarette. I had almost zero desire for this cigarette. And my mind was just like, what is happening right now? Because the woman literally gave me no idea as to what was going to happen or how I was going to move forward through this. She just said, don't pick up the next cigarette that comes in front of you. And I was like, that's easier said than done. Right. But it, it literally blew my mind. I had no desire. I had no craving. The cigarettes weren't even a thought in my mind, which I also do find is one of our biggest challenges with all of our addictions, right? Is that constant thought, that constant rewinding over and over and over. And then you get caught up in that over and over and over. And you that's the part we need to escape. Well, Cold Laser did that for me. And then I stayed quit for five years from one treatment. Now, that did take some willpower on my ha- on my part, but I did stay quit for five years. And then everybody, I had a barbecue in my backyard in the summer. And of course, everybody was smoking. And I grabbed one cigarette and was like, just give me a puff of that. I took a puff. It burnt my mouth. It burnt my throat. I coughed my lungs out. I said everybody was disgusting. And the next day, I needed a cigarette and I was right back at it. Wow. So, Yeah. And it's amazing how that's exactly how addiction works, right? It's one puff. It's one line. It's one beer. It's one thing to get you right back on the track that you were on. Now, if we get into the addiction side of that, that's neural pathways that you have built in your brain as well as the endorphin releases, right? So for me, I now have fallen off my wagon and I called the lady and said, are you still in business? I really need to come down and quit again. And I went into it expecting to have this magical... Like literally it felt like this magical experience I had, had the first time. I went into it with that same ex- expectation because the first time I had no expectation. This time I went in with this like high expectation of I'm going to have this amazing experience again. It's going to be so easy to quit. It's no big deal. And when I went down, I actually said to her, I'd like to maybe buy this company and buy the training. And she was like, done. <laughs> she was 77 years old and was like, I can't do this anymore. Wow. So Yeah. So I was like, and it's, I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I had been searching for something that would be something that would make me feel good about what I was doing in the world. And this just ended up being the thing. So we talked, we made an agreement, we wrote up an agreement and then I had my quit smoking treatment and I left. I got in my car and I started to struggle a little bit almost immediately. And I was like, this is a me thing because the way the treatment worked the last time I know for a fact that it worked. And so I struggled a little bit through it. I got home. I got really bored in the evenings and I noticed that I wanted a cigarette. And now I did still have that reoccurring thought the second time. Right. Now, after doing this work now for almost 13 years, I have found all the reasons that these things happen. I've studied addictions. I've read hundreds of books on addictions. I've worked with all these people and experimented with the different treatments and what I found is 85%-ish of the people who have a cold laser treatment will have the experience I had the first time, where you just forget to smoke. You just, it doesn't, there's no negative effects. You forget just that you ever wanted to smoke. hold away. Yeah. You, you don't think about it. Like it's this magical experience for 85% of our clients. And then there's the other 15% who struggle with it. Now, the people who struggle with it, it doesn't mean you can't get through it. It doesn't mean that you won't be successful because one thing I did find was no matter what, it removed my craving for the cigarette. So I didn't need to smoke. I just wanted to smoke. So I managed to find ways to break the And there's a distinction
0: the there. There's a very important distinction. Like, yes. Uh, like what you say when it comes to addiction, and it might be hard for people to understand that statement who haven't struggled with like a compulsive Yes. Use of something, that that statement in of itself. But but keep going.
1: Because it's because there's a really, really fine line between need and desire. Or craving and desire. There is a very fine line between the two. And the crazy part was I guess the way I found it out was I actually was like, Well, this didn't work. I walked outside, I had a cigarette, I walked back in my house and I was like, I feel no different. I don't feel satisfied. I didn't get that fulfillment that I was looking for. So clearly I don't need the cigarette and the problem is inside my head. So being that I, and I had to have both of these experiences in order to make my business as amazing as I've made it, because I needed to see that like this 85, I then started tracking, of course, this 85% of people walk away and just completely forget. Whereas this 15% of people struggle, but in that 15% of people, there is no physical craving. So can you work through the challenge of having a desire that you do not need to fulfill? Right, And then working through for me and understanding this habit loop that we have. So our habit loop is that something triggers your mind. And in a cocaine addict, for example, I read this book and it said in um, a cocaine addict, if you were flashing visions in front of them for 0.3 of a second, it could be a cat and then a squirrel and then a bag of something white and then something else. In the minute they see that, not even the minute, in the 0.3 of a second that they see that bag of white, they're immediately triggered. So that trigger yeah. of something then initiates our craving. So that trigger is the biggest thing. It's how we get away from that trigger.
0: And it might not even be conscious. Like some of these, when they did this test, this research, and, and, and I've read that research, mm-hmm. it wasn't even in conscious awareness that nope. you saw the image, but nope. the body responded before the person even realized they saw it. It was so fast yes. on the screen that they didn't even have conscious awareness. And all of a yes. sudden, their bodies now trigger to to use this drug. And yes. they couldn't even consciously know why that was.
1: Yep. They didn't even register the thought because the thought takes longer than that picture took. And it could be five pictures later that they realize, oh, I saw that. Or they didn't even realize they saw that picture. But yeah, it, that, that, so that picture is that trigger that leads you into a desire or a craving, depending on where you're at, that then leads you into an action. So usually that's doing the line, having a cigarette, whatever that is for you that leads to a reward. And that's our habit loop. And now we've created that in our brain with endorphins and all these things. And that's what makes you want to do it. So I realized that this habit loop is, especially with the laser treatments, the habit loop doesn't need to perpetuate because there isn't a craving. There is no craving. And even if you have that desire, you can choose to walk away from the desire because even if you did whatever it was, the drug, the alcohol, the cigarette, you're not going to get the result you're looking for.
0: So kind of like two levels, like you have that deep craving level and then you have that habit level. Yes. Kind of like there's, uh, and I totally, I i get what you're saying because I've been there and, yes. and being an ex-smoker, I totally understand <laughs> what you're saying because there were certain rituals that... Like even today, I mean, it's been years and years since I smoked, but we used to have, you know, I I grew up in Canada, so we used to have tea and cigarettes. And even today, there's like tea and then there's... Missing. It's not... Yeah, it's like... Yes. Not not so much anymore because it's been so long, but... But it's
1: still that piece.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't the craving for it, but it was like this habit of doing it together was... Fun. I don't know. So, that sounds so, so weird. But so, no, it's fine. true. So I so, understand what you're saying. So
1: with a lot of my clients, there's six major triggers for them. So driving is one, which really driving comes down to boredom, which is another. Okay. So it's after we eat, when we're bored, when we're stressed, when we're driving, and, and certain habits that will also kick into these things that we have. So for example, when it's driving, a lot of people get into their car the exact same way. And it's get in the car, start the car, whether it's a key now or a push button, you start the car, you put your seatbelt on, you light a cigarette and then you back out or they back out and then light a cigarette. So it's this perpetual habitual situation that right. they put themselves into that actually makes you light the cigarette. You didn't need the cigarette. So let me back up a little bit with all of it, our addictions. They come from endorphin release. And that's one of the reasons we do it is we're trying to escape whatever it is that we're feeling. So if we're feeling sad for example or we're feeling stressed we want to have a cigarette because it boosts our endorphins even though it's only an hour for endorphins you boost your endorphins now everything that you do say drinking releases a completely different level of different endorphins to give you the sensation you get which is why if you do cocaine it gives you a completely different sensation than drinking does because it releases different levels of different endorphins same with smoking and so they're all the same endorphins but they're all just being released at different levels within your brain Within that, what Laser Quit does and what a cold laser treatment is, is it's low-level radiation combined with LED light placed on acupuncture spots. What it does is it actually goes in and makes your body holistically, naturally release all of the endorphins at the same time at the same levels. So you won't necessarily feel like there's anything happening or you may feel that there are minor things happening. Like when you're done, a lot of my clients feel quite euphoric or they'll feel just happier in the middle of their treatment. They'll feel like that sensation that we get when we're really stressed that sits, it feels like somebody's sitting on your chest. They'll feel that lift in the middle of the treatment just randomly. And then you'll hear them take this like sensation in the middle of their treatment because they've released that and it's the endorphins releasing in their brain. Now, what the endorphins do over the next eight weeks is climb. And then they crash for the eight weeks after that. And after doing all the research I've done, I did the first five years, I literally was doing experiments on people because the explanations that I had gotten in my training with this lady just didn't give me enough information to be able to provide information because I would have been giving people the same treatments as she had given them. And that didn't feel good to me because walking, having somebody walk in and be like, Oh, when you're done this, just don't pick up another cigarette. Like, That's encouraging Thanks. I want to spend a whole bunch of money doing this. So for me, I wanted to dig into it further. So I actually spent the first six months working with an acupuncture laser doctor who I spent probably about $5,000 just being with him and asking him questions and watching him do treatments and having him teach me what was happening in the brain and in the body because of these things. And then I started experimenting on my own clients, trying different sequencing, different timing, different lasers, what worked the best. Who was it happening with? One of the main common things that I found in all of the treatments was that if someone has a tongue ring and they keep it in their mouth while I do a treatment, their treatment will almost be ineffective.
0: Wow, that's interesting.
1: It is. And it's because any kind of radiation and metal refracts. It sends it in other directions. So it's not doing what it's supposed to do. So working with these people, I did all these experiments. I documented it all. It went up in a fire, sadly. But I had all of this information in front of me and I have now created this program that because of what I found is our body is, especially anything holistic, our body, it's not a one-time thing. I mean, if you are on an antidepressant, you have to take that every day to get the result you're looking for. So my treatment is that you come in, you see us, and then we release endorphins typically for eight weeks that are going to climb. And before they have a chance to start coming down, we retreat you, which then either continues to release more endorphins or gets your brain to continue releasing those for another eight weeks. We treat every eight weeks, four times so that we can see the results of this at a year. And it'll typically now make it so that your body has created this as a new level of normal in your brain. And then you'll never crave again, unless you pick up a cigarette or pick up a drink or do heroin or cocaine. And where I'm actually seeing the most success and really like, yes, I've never been addicted to any of the heavier things. I've just not, I've never put myself in those situations, but I'm finding that my deepest passion is helping people who are addicted to heroin, cocaine, alcohol, and COVID really pushed our addictions into overdrive in the sense that these people who are, say, for example, a stay at home mom who used to drink, you know, a couple glasses of wine in a week is now drinking a bottle of wine a night. So those are the people that come through my door, the person oh, who just wants to go back to their life, who didn't have this before. So this is where my biggest passion is and where I see the most success. I find smokers don't necessarily take it quite as seriously because it's not as big of a deal, except it is killing you. It's just that we also have functioning Slower. alcoholics. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You right? may not and realize have, it, but it's, we, it's
0: def- definitely killing you. But like it, you said earlier, I mean, you, you know it's not... Your body doesn't feel as good and your, your, your health doesn't feel as good and your mood doesn't feel as good. So walk me through a little bit of like what this looks like then for someone who does this and, and how was this, I guess, discovered or any of the research behind it? Yeah. I guess, how was it discovered? How how did they find it? How did this start to come about?
1: Some, obviously acupuncture has been around for thousands of years now and Acupuncture actually has quite high success rates in their quit smoking programs. Their addictions slightly lower, which is interesting to me because I find the opposite is true in mine. I have like 99, 98% success rates in our addictions and I have about 95% in our smokers. Now, when I say those numbers, I'm referring to the people who use the programs I have created properly. Not you come in and have one treatment because if you come in and have one treatment, you're going to be smoking again within six to nine months, or you're going to be using drugs again within three. So, the programs that I have designed have these success rates. And so, this was all founded based on acupuncture, and then basically, cold level or cold laser therapy had been designed created and someone decided oh I want to try and like make this instead of it being like this light because they have like even light therapy chambers that you can go into where it's all red light therapy for your skin your body all the things and they started that somebody decided I want to make this like into a pointer and I want to try doing it on acupuncture and that only happened about 50 years ago and so whoever it was that decided to try it started noticing immediately the results from it That being said, to this day, there still is not enough science done or research done on this. I have spent the last, I'm going to say, 10 years fighting to have our governments and our health aspects to try to get them to start doing more science on this. Because if you Google me or you Google cold laser therapy, even for addictions, more often than not, you're going to see that we are what they call a placebo effect. But I'm going to say that with right. 99 and 98% success rates, that can't be true. I wouldn't still be in business after all this time if I was just a placebo effect because I'm a good talker, but I'm not that good. I
0: right. can't
1: talk you out of your addiction. You know that's not how this works.
0: So what you're saying is something's going on here besides just the placebo effect of of, you know, I want it to work, so it just works.
1: Yes. But
0: like you said, you had that experience early on. And mm-hmm. you can feel that that difference, and that yeah, that's a physical sensation for you.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it was more uh, the emotional side of like, why am I not even thinking about it? I've never had this experience before, because every t- every other method I tried to quit smoking, it was always still there. I still wanted to smoke. I still had that desire to smoke. I was still desperate for that smoke. But I had to use my willpower to choose not to smoke. Whereas when I had this treatment. That was not the case at all. I didn't have to do anything. And with most of my addicts, the heavier addictions, those people see an immediate result and have that no desire sensation. And if they don't have it immediately, they'll have it within their second treatment. And our treatments work different with the addictions. They have to come in for one and then a week later we treat them again to really get the endorphin release that we're looking for. And in this, I think the major key is that, and there is some science on it, It's just that the majority of things you're going to find are going to be like, no, there's no science. It's placebo. But there is some science about the release of endorphins. There's science on acupuncture and how it works. So if that's the case, and now we're using cold laser therapy to do the same thing, we're obviously going to see something better. Now, that being said, if there's a meridian that runs through the middle of my finger and I pierce this side of my skin... I'm not piercing the actual meridian. I'm stimulating the meridian by using that point. It's the same as if you use a pressure point and rub that spot. Now with laser, if I put that laser on that spot, you can see the laser on the other side, which means the laser is actually penetrating all the way through the meridian that runs through your body. And when I'm talking about meridians, I'm talking about energy meridians that actually control your whole body. So the laser penetrates all the way through. So it's gonna give you, in my opinion and from what I've seen, a better result every single time.
0: And so and it, that's it, what I've seen. Right. So when you do that, someone comes in and I I guess they're they lie down, they're on a chair or something, and then you you add these these um these lasers to certain points for what they're struggling with? Like, I think you do in acupuncture as well, right?
1: Very similar. So it's, it's different in the sense that you you'll see different people have different setups. Now, the way that most of my locations are set up, it's either a massage table or I have, I found one of the best ways to do this is one of those stupid little vibrating chairs. And so I have in my, in my, a couple of my locations, I have a chair that reclines and it will, I turn on the vibration. Some people hate the vibration. I turn it off, but I found that the vibration really helps clear what I'm trying to, to do it. I just find it seems to give better results. And so what we do is you come in, I have a very dimly lit room. We have a consultation first, plus I send out a video that has a full consultation in it as well. So they are prepared and understand what they're getting themselves into because that is mm-hmm. a major factor in your failure or your success. So we do that. And then we head into the dark room, which is very dimly lit. My people lay on a chair and then refine. And then I tell them, you need to just basically either meditate, focus on your breathing, which is breathe in, feel your chest rise, count to three, and then breathe out, feel your chest sink, count to three. Stay focused solely on that. If you get distracted, just be like, oh yeah, start all over. One, two, three, one, two, three. It allows their mind to get calm and quiet because the quieter their mind is, the more release of endorphins we can get. So I take them in, I lay them on the chair. I play some very quiet. I I got really tired of spa music, so I don't actually play spa music anymore. I found some native chanting. And because of the rhythmic rhythmic chanting of it, the majority of my clients will fall asleep. Even women who cannot meditate will often have a nap during the treatment. The treatment takes, depending on how their body is responding, anywhere between and what treatment we're working on. The treatment takes anywhere between 15 and 25 minutes. So we do various spots. I'm not going to give away all my secrets, but we do various spots on the face, head, ears, and hands. Um, I know my competitors have some additional spots that they use. I found those spots had absolutely no benefit or um, detriment to them being used or not being used. So I have found my own way that I've found works the best, which is where those same success rates come from. And it's the most relaxing, comforting, wonderful experience. Some people feel very little. Some people are like, oh my God, I can feel my whole body vibrating even when the chair is off, things like that. So it really depends. Now, I also am from Canada and I find that the closer to say the North Pole that we get, the more aware people are like, oh, I found sensations moving through my arms and legs while this treatment was being done. Whereas me being closer to say Vancouver... People don't notice th- those things as much. I hear a lot less of, oh, I noticed this sensation in my body, oh, which was a really, in- isn't it though? I found yeah. it as a very interesting factor because I would do that. I would, I used to travel for all of mine before I had all these locations and I would travel to say Fort St. John and it's like pretty North in Canada and almost every single client would say to me, wow, i had these crazy sensations moving through my body. And I was like, what? I don't think I've heard that before. So. It's very interesting the way that the process works for each person and that the outcome is often either in that 85% or in that 15%. So either you have zero desire and this was this magical experience for you. And I do tell people in that if you have this magical experience, you need to run with it. Don't screw this up because if you come back, it drops from 85 15 to 50 50 there's a 50 percent chance you're going to walk away and it's going to be a piece of cake and there's a 50 percent chance you're going to walk away and it's going to be a hard process to get through
0: so it's kind of Where like you're the back first to time the if you really really get it you've got to you got to break that habit part of it can you talk a little yes. bit about that piece as well so they they would come in they would do the cold laser treatment but then like you said earlier, the habitual part of it has to be also changed as well. So the craving it, it gets does. changed by the laser. That's what I understand. Yep. And, but this, yeah, this other part, can you talk about that piece?
1: Yeah. So part of what we've, cre- i created in this program is that, we offer basic, I, I have a, di- a couple of different options. So I have a basic follow up program, which means that if you text me or call me in the moment of struggle, because the moment of struggle is when our change comes. It's not after we've acted be- badly that we decide, I'm not going to do this anymore, that change comes. That's the day we decided. And then every time the action comes and we act the same way, we did not make any change at all. So when things get hard, when they pick up their phone and text me or call me, they now are having They're now making the change that they need to make. So that is one of the things that they do in this program is just text me because oftentimes when we want to do our drug or whatever of choice, if we can just express that to get the energy out of our bodies, it's over. So I give them that opportunity, shoot me a text and say, I want a cigarette. I want to punch someone. I want to have a drink. I hate my husband, whatever it is you're feeling in that moment, let me know so that I can ask you some questions. And then I usually, this is where my life coaching will come into play now. Now I'm going to ask you some questions about what triggered those sensations within you so that we can now find new coping mechanisms to deal with it. In my consultation video, I also suggest to these people that you need to find a new routine because your routine allows these things. And just like you said, when you drink tea, there's still this piece of you that wants that cigarette. And the reason for that, and the reason we feel when we quit these drugs or alcohol or whatever it is, when we stop and we have this void is the piece that I call it. I felt like I had this missing piece in my life and it was because there was still time for that missing piece. So what happens in our addiction is that we create a neural pathway in our brain. Now, a a really great analogy for this is imagine you walked to school through this dirt road or this dirt area. For 25 years, you walk the same path. That path is now going to be beaten down. You're gonna see the rocks, you're gonna see the dirt while the grass is still growing on either side of the path you take every day. That's your neural pathway in your brain. I'm asking you to now create a new pathway. I'm asking you to stop taking the path you've taken for 25 years and start creating a new one. Now, while we're creating that new pathway, we're gonna trip over rocks we didn't know were there. We're gonna trip over the grass that grew too long because it's never been used before. We have all these stepping stones that we need to move through. And so that's the analogy I tell people. When you're going through this, let me support you because, yeah, you fell down, but let me grab your hand and help you back up. When
0: so let me, addicts, let me make sure I understand. So what you're saying is that the cold laser comes in, kind of takes that that craving away by releasing endorphins into to the system. So that craving piece that then allows you to then shift the habits so that you can, you can create a new pathway that doesn't reinforce the old way of, of being. So you yes. don't kind of, you do you don't kind of just go down the same path. You're actually creating something new. And yeah, I mean, I, I think all of us can, can do that, but sometimes it's so hard to get off that path because it's so well it really worn is. that you don't even realize you're on the path. If that makes sense. You're just yes. like, here I, here yes. I go. And, and all of a sudden you realize you're like, Oh my gosh, I just walked down the same path. But like, being able to yes. have the room i guess the mental room to be able to change exactly the it. path yes helps you kind of solidify and bring this whole process together to create like that moment of change that moment of like yes. now i've solidified a new a new way of being
1: yes cuz now we have the capacity and space in your brain to be able to do that and we can't otherwise and there's also this piece of When we go into what I call survival mode or trauma response, we often immediately want to slide back into old patterns. It's like immediately want to slide back into old patterns. And if you're an addict, your old pattern is an addict mind. You cannot talk yourself out of an addict's mind, out of yourself convincing yourself. How many addicts do you know that are like, I've been clean for nine months. I can totally have just one beer. No, you cannot. One beer is never enough ever. So what that what the one piece of that is contact me because I'm good at this. I can talk your addict brain out of that by giving you the logic. But when your addict brain is in charge, there is no logic. That one side of your brain has taken all of the blood and now the other side isn't working at all. Right. I can make it so that your brain will go back to thinking logic by asking you simple questions about yourself. And if I talk you out of it, you're now going to make better choices. Now, I do, of course, have certain people who in the moment don't want to be talked out of it. But again, that's your addict brain. Your brain is telling you, no, 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 I don't wanna listen to her. And then I have the people who are like, okay, fine. This crazy person thinks that she can help me. I'm gonna go ahead and let her. And then I talk to them. And I do have a tough love, but very loving way about it. So I'll ask them some questions. And when they give me excuses, I tell them that's exactly what it is. And then I give them a logic behind it. I remind them of why they came to see me in the first place. And then all of a sudden I, and I've had a few people who are like, fine, whatever. And then they go about their business. Now I had this one, I've had a few of these moments where I treated someone for quitting smoking and I treated an addict for their alcoholism. And, and in the same, like it was a trip that I had made to treat these people. And in the same night, the two of them were texting me looking for some support And they were both being incredibly stubborn. They didn't know each other at all. They were both being incredibly stubborn through the process. But every time I would come back with my comeback on whatever it was that they had to say, they'd be like, whatever. And that was literally their response. When I called them and spoke to them the next day, because they did it multiple times, where they would send me something and then I would respond and then they'd get mad and I'd respond and then they'd be like, fine, whatever. And then they would do it again an hour later or 20 minutes later or whatever. And I just kept working with them, working with them, working with them. And when I contacted them the next day, both of them said, I have to apologize for my behavior yesterday. And I was like, it's okay. That's what happens when our addict mind takes over. So I understand why you are doing what you were doing. And they were like, I have never behaved like that before. And I was so mad at you for being correct in the things that you were saying, because it stopped me from going to do what I was going to do anyways. Right. And that's right. Like, that's the piece. We need that support. We seem to think that it's all our own willpower. And we're going to be able to do this on our own, but you need the support because once your addict brain takes over and the one, it depends on how long you've been doing it for as well. I know for smokers, the majority of us did it for longer than we haven't done it. So I started smoking at 11 years old. I had 11 years of not smoking. And when I went to quit, I was in my twenties. I had smoked for longer than I hadn't smoked. Yeah. So that neural pathway was built in such a deep, deep rooted way that, and it was my fu to all my trauma as a kid my parents said, don't smoke, even though they were smokers. So guess what I did?
0: Yeah, exactly. That was my response. Yeah. And so it's kind of like these two, it sounds like these two sides of the, 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 I don't know if it's two sides. I mean, that's not maybe the right analogy, but these different parts that we have to work on when we're dealing with addiction, we have to work on that, that physical part. And then we have to work on that mental part where we, we change our, our thought patterns, our behaviors, routines, and, and
1: our routine
0: habits. status quo. I mean, our brain loves predictability and and status quo, yep. so it wants to go back to what it knows. And yes. sometimes, what it knows isn't always the the most helpful. So, yeah. While Maredy, this is this has been really really interesting. I want to dig in uh, more to the stuff even more to understand it a little bit more. But I know we're kind of coming up on our our time. So yes. What I'd love to do, what, I, what I'd what love to ask anybody, any of my guests at, at the end, as we kind of come to the end, someone out there struggling and you want to say one thing to them, what would you want them to know? What would you want them to understand?
1: Probably the biggest thing is that no matter how hard things get, there is an answer. There is a solution. And though it may take some work to get there, the work is always worth it in the end.
0: Right. Absolutely. Drive the four hours to get there if you have to. Yes. If, gotta do. if
1: we look at that, that's an eight-hour round trip to quit smoking, and it was worth every minute of my life that I did it.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay, so if people want more information about this, where, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you?
1: You can Google Merity or you can Google Laser Quit, or look up laserquittherapy.ca. We are expanding across Canada and eventually into the United States.
2: Um, awesome, But
1: yeah. Give us a shout, you guys, because we also travel for larger groups. My whole goal in the world now is really just to help people help themselves. And I can't believe how successful we are in doing that. And it just makes me more passionate. And my end goal, of course, the one thing that I have to finish this with is my end goal is not about making my business a ton of money, though the, the money allows me to reach more people and do more things. My end goal is to help you stop your addiction. And I know the business model for any cold laser therapy company is not necessarily the same as mine because they want repeat customers. They want the money to keep coming in. And my thing is there is enough of us addicts out there that if I help you successfully stop, you're going to tell your friends and then your friends are going to come see me and I can help them stop. So mine is a long-term goal of getting you to stay quit, not to have you temporarily quit.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Meredith, so much for just Thanks sharing so much, your wisdom, Wayne. your experience and coming on to the Addicted Mind podcast.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. As usual, all the links will be at theaddictedmind.com. So check that out, go there. And if you got a lot out of this episode, share it with a friend and click the subscribe button in whatever podcast app you use. You can also join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, type in the Addicted Mind podcast, click join and continue the conversation online. All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you on the next episode.